Hello and welcome to the formal review. Today, we will be looking at the 2020 film, The King of Staten Island. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the review. Hello everyone and welcome back to the formal review. This is season 3, episode 14, and I thank you all for joining me once again. Now before I get started, I do want to preface this episode with a slight spoiler warning. As always, I will do my best not to ruin the movie for you, but I do suggest that you do see the film before hearing what I have to say about it so you fully understand everything. However, if you don't care about that or only just want to hear my thoughts on the film, keep listening. King of Staten Island is a comedy film directed by Judd Apatow, written by Apatow, Pete Davidson, and Dave Sears. It stars Davidson, Marissa Torme, Bill Burr, Belle Powley, Maude Apatow, and Steve Buscemi. It follows a young man, played by Davidson, who must get his life together after his mom, played by Torme, starts dating a new guy, played by Burr, who is also a firefighter like his deceased father. Judd Apatow has been working in comedy pretty much since 1995, when he was writing on the Tom Arnold Naked Truth television show but his first writing gig on a movie was for heavyweights a film that i still remember this to this day as the one that features random mighty duck actors and then also ben stiller attention campers tonight's lecture is liposuction option or obsession after that he became famous for writing and directing the television shows freaks and geeks and undeclared for those who don't know much about these shows they premiered some of today's biggest comedian stars such as seth rogan jason siegel linda cardellini and james franco they also had a few other big-name actors on them, such as Charlie Hunnam and Kevin Hart. Since then, he has been a director of eight films, of which he wrote five of them. These films are 40-Year-Old Virgin in 2005, 2007's Knocked Up, its sequel, This Is 40 in 2012, Funny People in 2009, Trainwreck in 2015, and May It Last, A Portrait of the Avid Brothers in 2017, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling in 2018, and then this film. He also has a writing credit with Fun With Dick and Jane, Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, You Don't Mess With the Zohan, and Pineapple Express. He has also produced a number of films including The Cable Guy, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and its sequel Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, Kicking and Screaming, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Superbad, Drill Bit Taylor, Step Brothers, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, its somewhat sequel Get Him to the Greek, Bridesmaids, Popstar Never Stop Stopping, and The Big Sick. As you can see in his filmography, he takes a lot of ridiculous storylines and over-the-top characters and gives them a fairly relatable quality. It doesn't matter if his main character is a 40-year-old virgin, a stoner who's trying to become a father, I'm pregnant. What? I'm pregnant? With emotion? Or really someone just going through a midlife crisis. I hate the new generation of coolness out there. This You just never get any information out of people you talk to, the, the youngsters. Hey, what are you doing? Just chilling. Even though outrageous, his films have always been fairly grounded and touch on themes that a lot of viewers can attach themselves to along with many, many jokes. Out of his director outings that I've seen, I would say my favorite is Funny People. I thought it was really well grounded, one of Adam Sandler's best, especially in his later career, and a really funny scene with Eminem that I find hilarious to this day. Who the f*** is that guy right there? What? <laughs> Ray Romano's bothering you? Who? Ray, Ray, who? Ray Romano, the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond? Who the f*** what show he's on? I'll f*** this mother up, man. Hey, Ray! Hello, Marshall. Problem here, buddy? W would you like to f*** me? I'll get it, man. What's going on? Would you like me to bend over for you right now? No. No, man. Gotta always be on my toes, man. <laughs> 
So the king of Staten Island repeats this trend and honestly it may be his best effort yet. It has the normal outrageous characters that we're used to, however I feel in this film Avatar does a lot more to have the audience understand his character's reasons for their life choices. It at times doesn't even feel like a stereotypical Avatar movie as it's more indie than box office crusher. As such, this makes the film feel more real and more authentic. The film concentrates on its characters more so than the comedy which allows them and especially Davidson's character to be someone that the audience can relate to even while laughing at it. What do you mean? What do you your skin looks see-through and the circles around your eyes are so dark you look like an anorexic panda. Scott is a 24 year old who lives at home with his mom and sister who's played by Judd Apatow's daughter Maude Apatow in Staten Island. I joked in my trailer reaction so this movie is a Davidson biopic? <laughs> As Davidson is a 26 year old now and who lives with his mother in Staten Island. He unfortunately also lost his firefighter fighter during the 9-11 attacks. I'm not stalking him or anything but just talks about it a lot on SNL with where I started becoming a fan of him. This is gonna be a special Mother's Day for me because this year she's not just my mom but she's also my roommate. So you're living with your mom? We don't have to say it like I'm a loser. I mean like I know what people think. They see you on TV and magazines and stuff and they think wow that guy must have his own place. You know? Nope. <laughs> it's not like I moved into her house. You know I, I just bought a house with my mom like a winner. I mean, I mean I've heard of people buying houses for their mom. Yeah I didn't do that. If I buy a house I'm gonna live in it. But I told her it's not like a mother-son thing. Like now we're just we're just homies. <laughs> homies. Okay so she's sort of staying out of your business? Or? For the most part but you know who just walks into the kitchen without knocking. <laughs> Thankfully that's a lesson my mother and sister have finally learned. Your sister lives there too? Yeah, and she's 21 and still living at home. Isn't that sad? <laughs> it's weird living with my mom and sister because, like, I'll see a strange dude in the house, and I don't know if he's, like, some dirtbag preying on my sister or the saint who's going to take my mom off my hands. <laughs> but she's, like, really is the best, and I put it through a lot, so I'd like to bring her out. Please welcome the greatest roommate in the world, Amy David. Hi, Colin. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Hey, man. <laughs> Be nice. No, no, okay. Mom. What, what, do you, what do you guys have planned for tomorrow? What do you mean? I put her on TV. This is it. <laughs> you don't know. John Hamm could be single and watching, you know? I'd also settle for James Spader. All right, you'd settle for, uh, you'd settle for a Ninja Turtle. I just need a dad. <laughs> I feel his humor is dark, brutal, and really vulgar. I somewhat see him as a combination of Robin Williams, George Carlin, and a little bit of Seth Rogen as well. Robin Williams has that kind of really vulgar stuff and he doesn't really care. I had open heart surgery. We'll let you know exactly what the fuck it is. Open heart. Yes, an angiogram does not let you know what they're gonna do. An angiogram is where they go through your groin to your heart. And who knew that the way to a man's heart was through his groin? And many women are going, we've known that forever. You grab a man, his heart will follow. And George Carlin has that kind of real talk with always trying to have a message with his comedy. These male movie stars who think they're blues artists. You ever see these guys? Don't you just want to puke in your soup? In the first place, white people got no business playing the blues ever. The f do white people have to be blue about? Banana Republic ran out of khakis? The espresso machine is jammed. Pootie and the Blowfish are breaking up. Be proud, be white, be lame, and get the f off the dance floor. A couple of terms being used a lot these days by guilty white liberals 
First one is happens to be. He happens to be black. I have a friend who happens to be black. Like it's a f-ing accident, you know? <laughs> happens to be black. Yes, he happens to be black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had two black parents. Oh, yes, yes, he did. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and they f- Oh, indeed they did. Indeed they did. So where does the surprise part come in? I should think it would be more unusual if he just happened to be Scandinavian. And then Seth Rogen, I mean, we all know what he's known for. <laughs> and frankly, there's a lot of similarities. Anyway, his character spends most of his time smoking weed with his friends, giving people really bad tattoos, and has a somewhat relationship with Kelsey, played by Pauly. And like Davidson, Scott lost his firefighter father, and now his sister is leaving for college. He thinks he'll get some quality time with his mom, but that changes when she starts dating Ray Bishop, who also is a fire. This is a very hard thing for Scott to accept, so he tries to destroy the relationship, but obviously, because it's a movie, he eventually comes around. Ray eventually takes him to his firehouse, and Scott is able to bond more with him and also the rest of the firefighter team, in particularly Steve Buscemi's character, who was a real-life firefighter who became an actor afterwards. Scott then decides to start working at the firehouse. This essentially leads him to find more things out about himself, his father and kind of know where he wants to go in life. I really enjoy seeing this character mostly because Davidson's portrayal of him seems very personal. As I mentioned already, he has a lot of similarities with Scott. He and Scott also struggle with a mental illness with Davidson having borderline personality disorder and Scott having bipolar disorder while also living with his mom well into his 20s. This role really allows him to be fairly charming and funny but raw and vulnerable as well. Though he hasn't really have a lot lot of things going for him outside of SNL, this is film is his best. Frankly, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the new Suicide Squad movie and other future roles. I think he's going to get a lot more roles going forward. Hopefully he doesn't stay in just the Apatow comedy road, though he is good. I think he should maybe branch out a little bit more so he doesn't get typecasted into certain roles like a lot of Apatow's actors have done. Both Tomei and Burr have really strong performances, with Tomei having multiple scenes that really show her Academy Award winning talent. Though I know she has said in the past few days that she regrets taking up mom role and she's pretty much typecasted as that now. I really regret starting down this road. I was talked into it and I was also, and I really always felt like, oh, I could play a lot of things. I don't want to do that. I have, you know, I think every actor has a lot of dimensions to them. And if the scope of what is being written and being made is narrow and you want to keep working, you make, you do what you can i mean it was maybe not uh, the right road she is very good at it even when the role for her isn't great like in the mcu spider-man films quick side note i don't like the way they write that character but i think she still does a good job in the role i just can't stand how she's pretty much a butt of a joke anyway going back to this film is that i think that this film may be a little long for some but as with a lot of indie films this does allow for some great character development as such this this 
gives some fantastic performances from the actors and it's like I said potentially Apatow's best film yet it's the most grounded of his movies um, with some comedy put in there but the comedy there isn't at the front end it's the story the comedy I think is pretty hilarious but obviously that's fairly subjective if you weren't a fan of Apatow before or you don't like Pete Davidson humor this film may not really change your mind on that but if you were a fan of them before you can kind of see why Apatow and Davidson work together on this story because their humor honestly is very similar as well and frankly it was almost a match made in heaven and so it's really worth watching just for Apatow's storytelling Davidson's great acting and that being really pushed in front of the comedy aspects of this movie so what did you think of the film and what is your favorite Judd Apatow movie or honestly TV show let me know hit me up on social media the formal review is on Twitter Instagram and Facebook the URL is all the same it's at the formal review follow me you'll always be able to find the new episodes when they come out as well as a few trailer reactions on Instagram and Twitter please also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite service it is on Spotify Google and Apple Podcasts, Podbean and really honestly anywhere you can find podcasts also I'm always wanting to grow and improve so feel free to leave a review on your favorite service I see the numbers and I do this for you all and I want to keep it entertaining I really appreciate everyone supporting me by listening and talking about movies with me online for those who have contributed financially I really thank you for supporting me in that way for those who want to financially contribute please go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and click support this podcast and thank you very much in advance and any donation is appreciated feel free to also check out backseatdirectors.com where I write with the big team movie reviews and also other editorial articles thank you all for tuning in once again and until next time well I won't say it's movies but be safe wash your hands and take care everyone thanks for tuning into this episode of the formal review we hope you'll join us again